My dream is to get my setup in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. if I just had like a uh, a piece of wood that went across the tub to have like a little stand in front of me, mm-hmm. I could set the mic on that. I th- Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, it seems like I'd be so relaxed, like some of my, or maybe I would just say nothing. <laughs> yeah, it would depend on the podcast, I imagine. Yeah, if, if it was a big, other people was... are talking, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good, actually. Just uh, talk until the water gets uh, just cold. Too cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What have you been up to, man? Did you get your house? Uh, I'm closing on Friday. So, that's what you uh, said last time. Well, yep, and that's <laughs> it's uh, it's official now. I just signed my pre-closing documents yesterday, and I have like a, a meeting tomorrow, and then a signing meeting officially scheduled with the title company on Friday. Do you get to move in right away? Um, I get immediate possession. I'm going to take the weekend to move stuff in. Nice. Um, and then. Uh, and then after that, we'll, I'll try, I'll probably try to move in on Monday. I feel bad because our level of friendship is definitely help, help my buddy move level. But yeah. I'm, obviously I can't do it. Yeah, man. I mean, I actually had really, uh, you know, oh, I'm missing a word, but, uh, I had some pretty wild plans for, for the move before all of the, you know, the COVID shit happened. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna call everybody who owed me a favor <laughs> in Indianapolis <laughs> and, and try to move in like an hour. <laughs> that seems like you would have to, you might have to put a few hours worth of pre-work into something like that. Like oh, absolutely. Everything. I had, I had everything planned out. Absolutely. Yeah. You could like write on, uh, write, label all the stuff in your house with people's name that is supposed to take it. Uh-huh. And what room going? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I had the whole thing. I had the the whole thing beautifully planned. Uh, and uh, you know, it's not. I meant saw to this be. YouTube video of a uh, high end moving company in Japan. Oh yeah, it's so dope. It's like exactly what you would expect it to be. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They come in and pack every like you can leave your house. Oh like, yeah. As they, is. You don't yeah. pack shit. Like they pack everything. They uh-huh. like have special boxes and packaging for for certain items Um, yeah and they like lay down they like put barriers up on all the walls and stuff so they don't like bang stuff up when they're moving it through hallways and stuff yeah that's pretty efficient that's pretty great yeah i've seen i feel like i've seen that video uh it looks real nice i mean it must be nice to be able to afford things like that they send a consultant in beforehand just to like help you prep for the move and everything whoa yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, yeah. How much that, shit do you have? Um, a goodly amount. I mean, I'm a percussionist, so there's yeah. there's a there's a decent amount of stuff. Um, I'd say a good third of it is already. So I have access to this building next to my house, my new house, and so okay. a good third of it is moved over. Um, right on. I'm gonna start moving some of the music equipment to that building um tomorrow evening if the weather's nice um just to yeah, like if i had to 
is it like your car which i wouldn't describe as particularly messy but very full yeah um but also yeah. a little messy yeah sort of yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's yeah it's messy for sure um it's not completely unorganized but it's not it's not great either so which is which is why having this access to this other building is super advantageous because the house is pretty small so um so i'm gonna put everything in this building and then really over the next like like you know the the obvious stuff will go in immediately like um yeah like yeah clothing bed bedroom stuff and then Mm -hmm. um but then everything else i think i'm gonna move in over the course of like a week you know as i make decisions about where things can live dang dude you have a staging area that's i know it's really good it's actually like the this house is so small though that like it's like a central you know i'm coming i'm coming from just like an ungodly amount of space um into you know basically not no space i mean i i don't want to be it is a good size for one person. Like, there's no reason I can't rationally live there. But yeah, yeah. Are you um, gonna have like a rehearsal area separate from your house, or are um, you having that set up in your house? Uh, once, once all this, uh, once all this goes, once things start getting back a little more normal, um, like when restrictions start getting loosened up a little bit, mm-hmm. I'll start to have access to all the like galleries and stuff. So my house is on the same block as a thing called the Tube Factory, and as as well as um a radio station called listen here. It's all under the, it's all run by this organization called big car, which is, uh, which is also running my artist residency. That's part of me getting a really good deal on a house. Um, Oh, right on. So, uh, when, uh, you know, this block is basically like, I mean, there was something funny. It was like joining a, it's like a gym membership for artists. You know, I get access to like their wood shop rehearsal space, uh, I'll oh, be doing, sick. I'll be doing programming on their radio station. Um, and is the Wheeler arts building still around in Indianapolis? So actually, uh, it's pretty, that's a pretty interesting topic. Uh, so okay. the, the Wheeler, the Wheeler building, um, is pretty interesting. They, uh, so it had this like city grant to like stay low cost. It was artist housing for a long time. And then about, four or five years ago, they sort of started intentionally mismanaging it. Um, okay. Like doing things like losing the wait list and things. Um, gotcha. And so it started, the occupancy started to drop and then they used that as an argument to get out of their, um, to get out of their sort of like below market status and, and go market rate. So now, oh, interesting. yeah. So now it's like the lofts at Wheeler, um, and this Man, all, that building was so cool. When it it was opened. it was so great. Um, yeah, I had a couple of friends that lived there, and I heard that from the beginning it was a little bit shady because their government grant. Basically, there's housing laws um, mm-hmm. that if the government is subsidizing housing, it has to be equal opportunity housing. Right. So they weren't actually allowed to make it like an artist's only space. Mm-hmm. So they were doing weird shit with the application process to m- try to make it so you couldn't get an application in the first place to apply unless ah, you were an artist. That's interesting. I mean, to be honest, you know, for the last, I mean, since I moved here, it's, I mean, it's never been completely occupied by artists. Right. There's always been a lot of like bartenders and people around the service industry that have had, that have had apartments. 
Yeah, I mean, because how do you qualify yourself as an artist? Right. Like, they're not doing portfolio reviews for people to live there. Yeah. I mean, there is a place in town that does that, but it's a different it's a different spot. What about, what was it, the Murphy Building or something like that? Right yeah, up the, the street from Wheeler? Yeah, the Murphy Building is... is uh, it's getting back to having a lot of art stuff. It kind of took a, a nosedive. The, there were a couple spaces that got moved out. Um, and the people that owned it, the guy that owns it is an architect and he moved his office to like the whole third floor. Um, okay. so like the fun days of that building are pretty over, but, but first Friday, you know, there's still like five or six spaces in there. So right on. on, on first Friday, it's still at least fun to check out. Um, when I lived in Indianapolis, that place had way more of like a DIY punk sort of feel. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I remember, I mean, I feel like I was there. I moved here sort of at the tail end of that. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, when I first got here, like first Friday was A, insane. And then B, like you could always just kind of go hang out at the Murphy building. Like, you know, some dude would be skateboarding around in his underwear or something. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty, pretty gnarly. Um, you know, and then probably, you know, when you lived here and, and, and you know, before I moved here, they were, you know, it was pretty, that space was pretty, came from some pretty wild roots. Like the, yeah, there was a pretty hard partying scene, you know? Yeah. I was, ne I never under fully understood how that place worked. It felt like a squat inside, but I don't think it was. It, it was to an extent for sure. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody was living there uh, officially. But uh, yeah, maybe not officially. There were definitely people living there when I when I for sure. to parties and like people do like screenings of their art films and stuff there, and that's usually when I would find myself there. Yeah, yeah, it was always a cool space. Um, yeah, I if I was gonna stay in Indianapolis, I was gonna try to find a spot in either that building or Wheeler. Right. Yeah. But thankfully, I moved to Chicago instead, which I think was a good move. Nothing so me anyway. Yeah. I think it's setting your life off in a good direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, moving. I mean, you know, three years ago, I would have been wouldn't have been caught dead moving out of Fountain Square, uh, just because I loved it so much. I still do love the neighborhood a lot. I love the community here, but um, you know, the things that I the things that I liked about living here were the sort of like intangible things that were irreplaceable, like you know, just. Being able to just like randomly walk out and like run into your buddies, just like, you right. know, kind of, I mean, really not up to anything productive, but <laughs> you know, just sure. hanging out. Um, that, that part of it, that sort of like random run in side of things, as far as the music community and the art community goes is, you know, we've, a lot of us have sort of moved out. Um, so that is one thing that's appealing about moving to, you know, jumping in on this artist residency is I'll always sort of have something built in to where like, if I'm sort of just chomping at the bit and want to just meander down a block and see what's going on, I, I'll i be able to do that. For sure. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying that with Albuquerque, despite it being such a car heavy city. Mm -hmm. um, and the downtown's not big, but there are enough people that when, when I go on a walk or something, I'll like, maybe not right now, yeah because there's nobody out but you start to see the same people right and um it helps that i work at a coffee shop so there's kind of like a built-in friendship model with that mm -hmm. with regular customers and other baristas and stuff yeah that makes sense but yeah the sense of community is nice here i didn't feel that as much in the bay area um 
just because it's so sprawling and a lot of people don't live and work in the same spots and yeah there's certain areas that are like that but it, it none of the places that i lived were right yeah i mean when anytime there's anytime there's a really gnarly like rent problem it's pretty hard for people to live where they work um, yeah and there's a lot of like places where no younger person would want to live that's just packed with office buildings so right they, you know people work there but nobody lives there and the mm-hmm. people that do technically live in that city are all in suburbs that aren't near the urban center of it right yeah which means there's essentially no culture except for the ones that the corporation kind of <laughs> dictate <laughs> and there's definitely no organic culture it doesn't feel like there's one right yeah that makes sense um Yeah. You you've been up to anything else or is moving pretty much dominating? Oh, I've been up to a lot of stuff actually. Um I've been uh so I've been running every day for about three and a half weeks now. I think we talked a little nice. bit about that last time. Um so that's yeah. that's still going okay. Um and uh working on actually I just finished like an EP tonight that I'm pretty excited about. Oh nice. Um, What's that it it's like? it's uh it's actually just like I mean not exactly techno, but but sort of in that vein, um, like sort of just like groove heavy, and yeah, uh, there's definitely some like definitely like ripped off some fortet. the The premise of it was my my friend Rachel. Um, I I did a uh, I did a music music for an art installation she had, okay. um, and so that original piece was. Um, was based off of samples from like these camera parts that she had used as part of the installation. Okay. Um, and so I made this track and, and I had, I was doing it. So I was part of this. Um, oh, you were at this show. Is it the healer show? Okay. Um, so the, like two of those show. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the, but two of the installations I did music for were just like these ambient tracks, but then with her space, um, you know, the way she designed it was so specific and so meticulous that I was sort of like, well, you know, I could do another like soundscapey thing, but I kind of want to, you know, really push it to sort of like meet this thing halfway. I mean, the other two were definitely very like vibey installations. And so I kind of felt, I didn't feel as obligated. It's not that I was, well, it's not that I didn't feel as obligated. It's just that it wasn't harder to meet those spaces halfway. But then mm-hmm. with her space, it was like very meticulously designed, all these little details and um, things to like, you know, like magnifying glasses, like look into little boxes that was like another miniature installation inside. It was like pretty wild stuff. And so oh, yeah, I think I remember this one. Yeah. And so for that piece, I wanted to do something a little more detailed. Um, and and then she also makes music. So I listened to some of her music and I was like, oh, OK, like she's into Fortet probably. Um, and so I tried to sort of respond to that. And then I remembered that I really liked making this kind of music, you know, in certain respect, it was the first kind of music I made was just like loop based electronic stuff. Um, yeah. In acid pro, if you remember that program. I do. And Uh, I remember you had those, uh, chaos pads too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Those were so fun to play with. They are a lot of fun. They're very techno-y. It was like hard to make stuff that didn't sound techno-y. Yeah. Like it would be, it'd be very hard pressed to make an ambient track with that. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but so I, I made that track and, and I, um, 
and sort of sat on it. I mean, I left it. I mean, I guess it's my sense of time is all screwed up. It's almost May now. So, I mean, it's been six months since I made that track. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I always was just like, well, she, I have like, I just had this like trove of camera samples of all these little like camera parts and stuff. And I was like, I could probably make an EP out of this. I'm just like, you know, like the premise being I'll only use like the, the well, not only, but like some layer of this has to come from these samples. Um, so sometimes it's and when you say samples, you're saying like sounds that come from old camera parts. Yeah, exactly. Um, so lens rings are like, just like the circular rings, like those ring like bells. So sometimes it's the melodic Uh instrument, but then there's all these little mechanical parts, these little clicks and taps and things. And so, you know, those obviously like tend to become drums and then, um, yeah. And then from there, but then the rest of it, I just was like, whatever, I feel like I'm going to do it. I didn't really, with this project, I just wanted to make, she's like, oh, okay, I'll just make like a groovy EP, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I just finished the fourth one today and I think I'm going to cap it at four for now. I can always do more later. Um, but I've been wanting to get something out, uh, related nice. to it. So, so that's happening. Is um, that up on your band camp right now? Not yet. It will be. It will be on Friday. Uh, I gotta make the. I gotta work on the cover art. I'm also gonna be a little more intentional about the cover art for this one, as opposed to just me writing on a napkin, which I have been doing lately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I hear him. Hearing something outside. Well, if you need any help with the cover art, let me know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I actually. Well, I actually had her send me a, a photo or a folder of all the photos she took of that install. Oh, cool. So I have, um, so I have all these photos. I'm going to work with, with one of those and, and kind of go from there. Sure. Um, and then, yeah. And then I've been working on, actually we've been working on another, uh, collaborative project, um, through the shutdown. That's just like, we've been, uh, sending when we did this thing where we were trading uh, layers of music. So, um, so we started off like I sent her like a I think it was like a keyboard part, and then she sent me mm-hmm. a, like an, another thing. Uh, I think it was like playing a stool or something in her house. Okay. Um, and then I added a layer to the part she sent me. And she added a layer to the part I sent her, and then we flip flopped that back like eight times. Sure. Um, and then I'm, she made videos for all of her. Then we like pick each picked the one we wanted to make videos for. So she's making, she made videos for the track she has. And I am currently like working my way through learning after effects, um, and making oh, some cool. videos for, for mine. What kind of video are you doing? Um, so I'm pulling, we've also done a couple of like, like, uh, just like small collaborative sculptures. And we have some, like we had some weird footage of those from before uh, the shutdown. So I am, I'm pulling specifically samples from the, from that footage. Um, Okay, cool. And just sort of like, you know, learning my way through after effects. I've, I've never really used it before. It's the one thing that's annoying is like the timeline and the, how weird, like that's the one main even though it looks like a timeline, it is a timeline, but even though it looks like it would work like audio, it doesn't exactly. Um, yeah. And so, 
I'm still wrapping my head around that. And are you doing a lot of manipulation of the footage, or are you mostly just like editing it? I'm starting. I'm so. Uh, I'm definitely using manipulated footage because the idea will be like it'll parallel the. There'll be like eight videos, so it'll parallel the development of the original piece. So it'll be like one video for like the first layer, and then I'm going to try to add a second video layer with the second layer. Okay. Um, so I'm using like audio triggering and stuff for, I mean, right now it's pretty basic. It's like audio triggering, like opacity and things like that. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm just still, still getting a feel for it. Um, okay. I was going to say premiere might be good if you're just like cutting together a timeline, but if you're doing like automation stuff like that, then yeah, stick with after effects. Okay. Premiere would probably be more intuitive for me, actually. Now that I think Premiere about is it. definitely easier, and it's more like if you're doing like a just like a normal video where you've got a bunch of clips and you're going to do some transitions between them and put mm -hmm. a music track on it, and maybe some minor like, well, not super minor, but like color grading and some basic manipulation of the footage. Yeah, Premiere is good, I think. But then After Effects, if you're doing anything that's closer to animation. Oh, you know what? I bet it'd be it'd probably be worth my time to download Premiere just to be able to edit the video in a normal fashion. Because I don't know, have mm -hmm. you have you used After Effects? A little bit. Okay. I've mostly used it for um, for design work, actually. To, if I need to show a like micro interaction in an extreme detail. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so then I'll throw my UI stuff in there and then do the animation in After Effects. Yeah. Okay. So in this, yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned this, I'm just gonna download Premiere because I have this. I have an Adobe login through work. Right. Um, yeah. I would recommend messing with Premiere. I know that. I think Ryan's still using Premiere. Yeah. Well, in that way, I can also like that one. I can edit linearly, just like audio. Like, because like the main thing right now is I've got these big raw chunks of footage. So when you drop it into After Effects, it like makes your project 23 minutes long. Um, yeah, and I assume those two things that you can um, you can use them the way you might use like Photoshop and Illustrator, mm -hmm. where you have like a connected layer that's actually a file in the other one. Oh, interesting. So you could maybe build your timeline in Premiere and yeah. then do the manipulation and animation stuff in After Effects. Right. That's I'm not, not totally sure about that, but that I'm not seems either. To be how Adobe does things. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could. I think in this case, you know, you know, basically my my thing is I'm probably going to try and pull like eight one minute chunks that I think do interesting things and then sort of figure out how to layer those together uh, in some sort of interesting way. So for me, if I could get it to those eight chunks or something, you know what I mean? Then I could, I would be in a much better situation when I actually get into after effects. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's actually good advice. I'm going to, I'm going to download Premiere as soon as we're done with this. Yeah, my that sounds close to like my workflow I try to do in um, my video editing. Oh yeah, where I kind of like block out the movie. Uh huh. So I like drop in the main clips that I know are going to be kind of like the temp holes, and then build the rough cut of stuff around it. Right. And then it's just like writing a draft for something. It's just like a sketch. It's like here's like kind of the main. Um the main clips and then some of the supporting clips and then I'll go back over the whole thing and tighten it up basically. Yeah. Cool. 
but I'm not a pro at video by any means. I'm just an enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I mean, I can definitely get around, you know, final cut or, uh, something like that. Um, that stuff doesn't bother me too much. Um, but yeah, it's certainly something that I haven't done as much with. I mean, certainly getting a little more familiar with it just because I've been doing all that, those f- <laughs> photos of flowers. Uh, right, right. But, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a new thing. It's just, I mean, just like anything else, it's just, it's a, you spend yeah, enough time with it, you'll be all right. It's not that different than learning a new doll or something. Like you're right. manipulating media. Yeah. Yeah, that is the one. Yeah, so like the the thing I do feel a little like After Effects is clearly uh, made with like a different mindset than than like a you know a Premiere or something I'm more familiar with. Um, yeah, I mean, because After Effects is for like effects, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it does a it's, really good job of that. By the way, it's like super yeah. cool. Um, but but I wouldn't call it like editing software. In the way that you know you would lay out like a, a movie or a TV show, anyway. right, right, right. Which is but what if I... you're going to put a dinosaur in Jurassic Park, you would. Do it <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Or like if you wanted to add fake explosions, like that's like the mainstream use of something like After Effects or like okay. text on the screen or something. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. What? Uh... Which I encourage you to add explosions. I haven't seen the project <laughs> at all, but I think it could benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Does yeah. it, is there just an explosion effect in After Effects? Is that how it works? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't used it for that sort of thing. It's mostly been for UI animations for in, in the cases I've used it. And one really weird Mark Zuckerberg um, video that we made for a uh, Halloween competition. Oh, whoa. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. At my, when I worked at the design agency, we... Um, the the leadership at the company made a huge mistake and gave broke all the designers into groups based on what kind of design they do mm. and gave us each a conference room to decorate for Halloween. Okay. And this, because the uh, people that made this decision were operations people and not designers, they didn't realize how out of hand this competition would get. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just gave us like you know blue sky like do whatever you want oh that was a mistake yeah and it also happened to be at a time when um project work was a little light (laughs) so a lot of people had a lot of time yeah yeah so we made this um super creepy video this was the interaction design group that i was in so of course we went for like a full experiential thing Mm -hmm. we took a like mark zuckerberg um well i should give credit where credit's due coco our like one of our main animators took a mark zuckerberg uh still photo and used after effects to make it so his mouth moved Uh uh-huh and then he wrote a script to sync that to one of his speeches (laughs) and like as he was speaking like uh his eyes would roll back in his head and like turn blue and like the facebook logo (laughs) logo started glowing on his forehead and stuff and uh i did i did some audio manipulation and made the the speech sound really creepy and then added some like industrial sounding background like kind of techno beat yeah and then we 
went to a uh, large scale printer that we work with for our actual work and printed off like a bunch of screenshots from people's Facebook profiles, but then took fake blood and wrote like, help me on them. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we had uh, fog machines uh, and the music, like the video was playing super loud <laughs> and um, the room was very overwhelming. It looked like a, like a beautiful mind crazy wall kind of thing. Okay. Like every surface was covered in like Facebook paraphernalia <laughs> with fake blood all over all of it. And then um, we did a lot of lighting, a lot of practical effects. Uh-huh. Um, and then we, on the day of Halloween, we all dressed in black and we had these like creepy Mark Zuckerberg paper masks that we made. <laughs> And we would all like hide in the room and when the video would kick on and that would like the room would glow from the video and then we'd start uh, sneaking up behind people on the Zuckerberg masks. And... <laughs> did you did you uh, win that competition? I think we got disqualified because people's um, <laughs> people brought their kids to work that day and we seriously frightened all the children. <laughs> That's really funny. Did you did you know they were bringing kids, or did that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Halloween. What do they expect? Yeah, there was a lot of people's kids that like took a step into the door and then just immediately like did an about face and walked That's pretty good. I'll just see if I can find some footage from that because I think you'd like it. it. It was really overwhelming. Like we did like a all out assault, like five cents experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Send me the video if you can find it. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Uh, what did, let's see. I was, yeah. So at this point, you know, now that I have a moving date, getting like, getting a little more disciplined about some of the stuff I need to pack and then. Um, been hanging out with the roommates a good bit, which is nice. Yeah, uh, Dude, I have a, I have a conundrum. I need your help with. Yeah, hit me. So, I today it hit me that I um, well, this part didn't hit me today. I always have this problem because I'm interested in a lot of like creative and making projects. Yeah. Um, but I have to like one of my goals over the last couple of years has been to be a lot more focused. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like giving up certain things I'm interested in. It just means trying to do one or two things at a time and like finishing a project before I move on to like another one. Right. Um, so today it kind of hit me that I, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of, I don't have like a project planned that would be um, like to show anybody necessarily. So I'm thinking of right now as kind of a, a skills building time. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking of myself as like an RPG character. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like you like level up and you get points and you get to assign them to your strengths. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to think like, I've got a couple things that I would, I want to work on right now. And I need to pick, I think two. Okay. What, what are you look? What are you thinking about? So one would be, um, to learn i've been really interested in um like sampling and hip-hop beats lately okay so one would be to kind of up my skills on that um 
I would probably like download Beatmaker Pro or Beatmaker Three or whatever it's called on iPad. Okay, like, that's that's a good way to go. I heard their sampler is even better than MPC's hardware. Okay, that's probably um, true. That's not a, that's not a huge thing to beat. Yeah, and it seems like the kind of thing that an iPad would actually do really well. Yeah. But anyway, so there's that to like take an endeavor into that and like make some hip hop beats and sample some stuff that I've thought is interesting for a while, but don't necessarily hear in music a lot. Right. The other would be in the um, cooking arena. Okay. And getting into pickling and fermentation. Okay. Um, what else was I thinking? Um, a couple years ago, I got into hand lettering. And okay. I actually downloaded an online course from John Contino. If you haven't heard of him, you should definitely check out some of his work. Is he he's a, a phenomenal he's hand an illustrator lettering? and designer? Okay. And he does a lot of really great hand lettering work and it's got like a really like raw punk feel to it. Cool. He started off doing posters for hardcore shows in New York. Gotcha. Um and he has a great online course and I got through like ninety percent of it, and never finished it, and I could definitely take some time to brush those skills up a bit. Okay. And what else was I thinking? Oh, I desperately need to redesign my portfolio. Ah, okay. Let's I'm thinking see. I can do two of these things at a time. I mean, I think you could do... I think you could do three of them. Rob, and you're that, stepping on my New Year's resolution. No, but hear, hear, my, <laughs> hear my pitch, okay? Okay. This is a. This is. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm attaching this from a. I'm attacking this from a holistic standpoint. So. Uh, the. So the beat making, and the portfolio redesign, in my mind, are going to be your biggest choice. So, because those are Between things. Between the two of those. Yeah. So you're gonna have to because both of those take concerted effort, and it's gonna take some time and skills to develop. And like, you know, if anything, I mean, the portfolio redesign might have like a closer end date because the world of sampling can go forever. Uh, I mean, I suppose so can portfolio the design. The music but... thing would be, the music thing would be like purely for pleasure. So okay. Well, yeah. That's the one that's definitely more of like a skill up thing. It's like, oh, I've never worked with this kind of software seriously. Right. So um, it wouldn't really have an end date or like a an output necessarily. It would yeah. just be like a thing that I would, I'd probably set some arbitrary goals for myself just to stay on track. But yeah, um, yeah. So that sounds like something to me that like, like either one of those would have like would have you could like arbitrarily set an end date to the like sampling thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna work on this for like a month and see what what comes out of it or something. Yeah, um, or just like oh, I'm gonna make five beats or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Now the other two, the 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 pickling and and fermenting and the the hand lettering. Uh, so pickling and fermenting, I mean, like that's two different things. So you could just start like you know, pickling does not take a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like that just takes like putting stuff in a jar in the right way. Yeah, I think here's the other thing is I'm trying to limit things that I have to purchase too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have to purchase software for the beat making thing. It's only 25 bucks. It's not like it's a big deal. Okay. Um, And then the pickling, I I mostly got 
interested in this one, I realized that you can do it with a vacuum sealer and you can skip the whole jars thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you have a vacuum sealer? No, so I'd have to buy a vacuum sealer. <laughs> they're also not... It's, they're also not expensive, but I don't want to like buy like five things because I'm gonna have these five interests. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes it, on a shelf. it makes sense. Um, okay, so actually, I was thinking you were gonna use jars, and my pitch was gonna be that you practice your hand lettering by making labels for the jars. Oh, I mean, I could still make labels for the vacuum pouches. Yeah. So that was that was the other thing is you could practice the hand lettering as part of another skill. Hmm. That hand lettering could also tie into the portfolio if I hand letter the whole thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that one seems like I would be tempted to work that into to another project. So it doesn't feel like its own thing. It feels like, because you said you were 90% of the way through that class. Like, just like start. Yeah, but I'd probably want to, the class is so like the basics. Mm. I mean, it's for somebody that's probably more of a hobbyist designer. Okay. And for me, I felt like the class was like a good little 101, but to like have this a skill that I would like charge people money for. Right. I would want to put a good chunk of effort into like developing that skill before I started putting it in my portfolio and stuff. Yeah. I mean, redesigning your portfolio is a good way to do that. Yeah. If you hand letter the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh, I've been putting off the portfolio so long, bro. <laughs> You and me both. Dude, my thing with the portfolio is that I'm trying to kind of like a, make a career pivot. Mm -hmm. Like I've done so much UI design and there's a lot of really interesting problems with that. Like it's super complex and that's it's fun the same way chess is fun. Yeah. But I'm so tired of working with tech companies. <laughs> um, and I really like the the project i like the projects i like the most are the ones that like branding and ui overlapped okay and i want to do more branding stuff and for it'd be great if it was for local artists and businesses and stuff here in albuquerque yeah part of the goal of like me moving here was that the cost of living would go down so i'd be able to take on projects that i'm more interested in right rather than just the ones that pay the most yeah um, so with my portfolio, it's like, do I make a portfolio that is future facing, that is about the work that I want to do, mm -hmm. or do I make a portfolio highlighting all the work that I have done and then try to like sell that as a, like, trust me, I'd be good at branding or whatever too, because of all this experience with these other companies. Yeah. That's that's a tough one. Um, I think in a market like if you're trying to hit the the market in Albuquerque, I would say do one that that highlights your accomplishments because you're probably gonna be able to meet them face to face anyway. That's true. Yeah, and like a place like Albuquerque, you know, if they see some of your clients that you've worked with, like that's gonna be, you know, not that not that you should consider yourself like a big fish in a small pond, but you know, like I know if I had done like contract work for Apple or something uh, or like, you know, a large client and I had that in indie, like that would be, that would be a big deal. I've thought about that. Like a part of me wants my portfolio to be a fucking text file that just says like, Hey, Apple, Amazon, Porsche, Volvo, 
I can't remember who else. Like all these companies have trusted me to do work for them. You should too. Yeah. That would, I mean, yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad point. But my fear is that like, so say a new restaurant's opening and I want to do their like sign and menu and business cards and website. Yeah. Um, if they saw my portfolio, they'd be like, well, this guy does apps yeah and website like inter like interactive websites not like restaurant websites mm -hmm. so that could disqualify me from those jobs because i know people a lot of clients don't have the imagination that you would want them to have right like they i've had clients that are like well we see that you've done ios apps and we see that you've done medical projects but we're really looking for someone with experience doing um ios apps that are medical <laughs> and it's like dang if you can't make that leap i don't know if i can work with you anyway like, that's really funny so i think like i don't know i've thought about doing a portfolio as a narrative which that would be cool i've seen some people do something similar to it like a single scrolling page that's just like kind of my journey through design and some of the moments i'm most proud of oh yeah love, so rather love than that. Doing like a full yeah like so rather than doing like a full case study on like this ios app i did for porsche it would just be like here's how i went about designing the the arrows that indicate which way you should turn based on the font that they gave me right and i could say like you know this was the scope of the whole app but here's just the piece i want to highlight yeah and I could go through some of that and then kind of end up where I am now and saying like, this is, you know, the kind of stuff I want to work on. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I could just write it almost more like a story or an article. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that would be cool. And that would give you your, that would give you a little more agency to like, you know, kind of pivot, you know, you can work that narrative in there. Yeah. Like, and you know, just like, that you're interested in and can't are capable of working on all these other things. Yeah. And I think that sounds good to me and you, but one of the things I've noticed is that like, it's, it's almost a red flag to me. If like another creative person thinks it's good <laughs> <laughs> because like the people that hire us to do work are people that don't do that work themselves. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. So if you're like, dang, that sounds really interesting and cool. It's almost just like, dang, I probably just need like some samples of some work that like is similar to what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one advantage to Albuquerque is that it is a small enough place that it's very relationship based. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Part so of me, part of me is like much of a portfolio. Yeah. That's sort of what I was saying. I was like, part of me is just like, I figure you just go in and talk to people. Yeah. Ultimately people want to see your work and I don't really want to get back on Instagram. Yeah. Although if I haven't had luck finding many freelance jobs since I quit Instagram. Mm. So I might need to start one up as a professional thing. Yeah. I think you probably should actually. Sorry, man. <laughs> 
If it makes you feel any better, my Instagram is labeled under the business tab in my phone. Oh, cool. <laughs> what tabs do I have? Oh, man. You want to hear my folders on iOS? Yeah. I've got daily, built-in okay. shit, and then the settings app gets its own thing. Uh, records, which is like probably photos, contacts, voice recorder, that kind of thing. I have a games folder still. I should just delete that. I don't play any of these games. Um, yeah. I have a business one. I have a knowledge one. What is that? It's like Wolfram Alpha, some NASA apps, and uh, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got a music folder, which has like, I don't know, a bunch of apps in it. Um, got a music theory folder. I have a music utilities folder. Which has like a tuner and metronome and stuff. Uh, oh, okay. And then I have a utilities folder, and then I have a couple other disorganized pages that don't have. I should probably sort. What's on your little bottom like sticky bar? Bottom sticky bar is phone, uh, music, um, text messages, and Chrome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for mine? Oh yeah. Okay, my home page. Mine's super organized. Okay. Um, the top row are my four apps that I use the most. Okay. So there's maps, weather, overcast, which is what I use to listen to podcasts mm -hmm. and Apple music. Gotcha. Then I've got another line of four. Uh, one is, and I use emojis for my label. So one is a camera. Okay. And that has like a remote control app. And that I use for like another camera that I have and that has Lightroom and iMovie and some other um, like a light meter and some stuff like that in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next folder is the emoji that is just a, um, a white square. Okay. And that is everything else. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Apple stuff that you can't delete. Yeah. And then some stuff that like, I need to have on my phone, but it doesn't fit into my other categories, like my bank account, like the Southwest app and shit like that. Right, yeah. And then I have one that is a little mountain, and that has the GPS I use for backpacking and some other like hiking and mountain climbing apps. Okay. And then the settings is its own. I didn't know that you could. Uh... I didn't know that you could make the folders look different. Well, you could just use emoji for the labels. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. And then my sticky bottom bar is similar to yours. It's phone, messages, Safari, and email. You use Safari? Yeah, dude. You use Chrome? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> is Safari good on the new iOS? I don't even know. I use Safari on my Mac and on iOS. Really? Yeah, it's way more... Um, Chrome's an energy hog. Chrome is an energy hog. I'm actually using Firefox right now, but... I'm using Firefox right now to record this. Okay. Um, because anything that uses plugins runs better on Firefox. than Safari. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've been... Um, I don't know, I've been trying to go in on the like Apple stock app lifestyle because it makes like sharing between things so much easier and stuff. That makes sense. It's part of the reason. And then I um, I don't like all my data going back to Chrome or going back to Google through Chrome. Yeah, I can see that. I'm also not a fan of that, but. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. That might be the, that might be the most boring ten minutes of podcasting of all time. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I love seeing how other people's phones and stuff are organized, though, because I think that's like a little insight into the, their how their brain works. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Mine. I mean, for sure, mine is. It's like. It's definitely like it initially was organized and then it's then it's not and then it stops being organized, which is how like most space oh, I've ever like you got ambitious and then gave up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm fixing it right now, actually. Like I'm organizing it right now. Uh, I think mine fits for me, too, because like I I could easily have like an extra fo- one more folder mm-hmm. and break out my financial stuff into it. Right. But then it wouldn't be symmetrical. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. two lines of four. I'd have like an odd little icon down on the bottom. Oh God. Yeah. So well, how, I mean, why, why live that way? Well, it just fits my brain that like, I'll, I'd rather it be harder to use than like look bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll suffer through a couple extra taps if I can keep it symmetrical. Yeah. I think you can do delete- What do you like on your Mac? You use spaces? Uh, do I use what? Spaces. What's that? Where you can like swipe between different desktops? Yeah, I do. I generally Yeah, when I'm working on a lot of projects, uh, you know, I'll I'll keep I'll keep things on different desktops for sure. Um <coughs> I um uh, Right now my desktop is So my desktop is sort of full of files right now uh, because I've been working because it's coming off of a a few months where I've been working on a lot of stuff at this point, but I'm seeing stuff that can be deleted at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I generally only, I try to try not to keep more than one program open because my computer at this point is about seven years old. Right on. So like if I'm running, mine is how's mine? Five years old, I think. Okay. Five or six. Is yours? Does yours have USB ports? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we probably have about the same model. Um, yeah. I actually, uh, when I quit my job and they took my work laptop back, which was like the newer mm-hmm. MacBook. Yeah. I purposefully bought an older one to get my ports back. Yeah. Exactly. It's like actually, I saw a really good meme that was like it had like pictures of uh, like the dolphins in Venice and like a few other like nature things. And then a side of an Apple laptop with a bunch of ports. <laughs> Dude, when I was working for Volvo and I could just buy whatever I want and like expense it. Uh huh. Um, it was dope having all USB C. I believe it. Cause I just bought, all, I bought every, like everything. I, I just rebought everything. So it all worked with USB C. Yeah. And then I had one little dongle for, if I had to like go to, a meeting or something where there's a chance I would need like HDMI. Right. The only thing I really missed was SD. SD? An SD oh, card slot? Yeah, that's the one I think that makes me the most mad. Oh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. It's like... <laughs> like I mean, how many people use their Macs for um, photo and video editing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like, you know, there was... You know, the, I mean, it did seem sort of like Ouroboros to me, like like that when that MacBook came out with like all USB C ports. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me! Like, it for me, it just went like beyond 
good design into just like absurdity. Like, <laughs> I, I could see their point that like this port is so good it can do everything so why not just have it do everything yeah no i get and that at the time that it was released though like the, there wasn't enough peripherals for it yeah well and that's the thing i mean they always have a good point like it's not that i never it's not that i don't see their point when they have these big design reveals it's more than just like it gets more and more divorced like every time they introduce something new. It seems to be further divorced from like a rash, like a, a use case that will be normal anytime soon. Right. Um, but I guess, I mean, USB-C stuff is starting to come, become more common for sure. I mean, for sure it was dope too. Like I had a external monitor and there's just one cable and you plug it in and it also charges your laptop. That, that rules actually. And it is data transfer too. So all the ports in the back of the monitor work through that one cable oh that's so like pretty stuff sweet. like that is like this is sick like i can plug an external hard drive into the back of my monitor okay. and then when i walk up to my desk i just plug one cable in and everything's connected okay now see that's cool that kind of ecosystem yeah. seems cool but it's but like so like if you are all in on it it's dope but then you throw one thing at it where it's like oh yeah i have this old peripheral that i need to use yeah to do this project and it's just like or like no i'm looking at adapters and shit yeah, or like I don't even I don't even know that I've seen a USB C like thumb drive or anything yet. I mean I yeah. assume they exist, but I'm sure they do. Yeah. And the SD card's just insulting because it's like it's thinner than like if thinness is your excuse, then it it's the skinniest little port. Right, yeah. The I think I could I could be okay with it if I because I would just switch from thumb drives to to SD cards. You know what I mean? For porting stuff around. Yeah, like that's the thing is like it, it basically I think I was annoyed that they like cut off the line to like quick inter, like cheap interchangeable storage. You know what I mean? That every fucking camera on the planet uses. I know. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I just knocked my mic. So there might be a big jostle there. That's all right. You were passionate. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. Um Well, oh well, we can't change our minds. We we cannot, um, for sure. Uh, I thought about going to trying to work for them, um, but I heard this horror story from a a guy that went to SCAD for oh, yeah. industrial design. Oh yeah, and like graduated like top in his class or whatever, like from the best design school in the country and shit. Cool. And he worked, went to work in Johnny Ives' uh, design studio. And they put him on the um, SIM card tray for the iPad for 18 months. What? And his whole job was to make sure it had a satisfying click when you pushed it in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, and that's just what he worked on. And it's just like, it's not... (laughs) Like, it ends up you have like a product that's magnificent, but right. every designer that worked on it had to just work on like this mind numbing, like <laughs> tiny project. Oh my God. But then gosh. like knowing that makes me extra mad about like the, the keyboard fuck ups in the most recent years and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's like, that's so inexcusable. Knew, that's inexcusable. Yeah. They knew it was mushy and felt weird and stuff. And they yeah. like prioritized other stuff over that, obviously. Right. 
And I'm sure it wasn't the designer's faults. It was the people above them, Johnny Ive or whoever. Yeah. That was like, no, make it thinner. I don't care if it feels like shit. Yeah, which they, I mean, they actually went back to a butterfly action. Or was that? Yeah. Yeah. Scissor. They went back to scissor. Yeah, scissor. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the keyboard, I mean, the keyboard on this, on our MacBook Pros is probably the best keyboard I've ever used. Like It's pretty good. Like, I mean, at least as far as ones I've owned. For a laptop keyboard. Yeah, for a laptop keyboard, it's wonderful. Like, I didn't. I didn't really see a need to improve over it. You know what I mean? No. Like I have, I mean, I probably have less errors on this keyboard than I've ever had on any other keyboard. Yeah, I use an external keyboard mostly, but you're right. Like if I'm traveling and I'm using this keyboard, it's I have no problem with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, it is. There's, it's a double-edged sword a little bit, just because, you know, they still do make at least for me, like the most rock solid computers to make media on, you know? Yeah. I can't think of what else I would buy if I was right. going to look for something else. Exactly. Um, but honestly, mostly because of the software ecosystem and the operating system. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, the, if windows, I mean, like if, if one windows manufacturer, like, like uh, Lenovo or somebody came out, and made a build of windows that just didn't have bloatware and like did like didn't do pop-ups on the operating system like yeah like ads at the os level yeah then like it would be like they would kill it yeah um do they still make windows black at all i have no idea what that is oh man that was it was sweet there was a i used to run xp black on a on a computer so it's basically like an illegal version of windows that takes out all the bloatware and like disables automatic updates and stuff. Okay. So it was like this super light version of, uh, I, I had a, I had at least one XP machine running it. And then there was a, there, they came out with a windows seven version as well. Um, but it was, you know, it's just this sort of like very stripped down version of windows that like, you know, like nothing unnecessary is on it. And a lot of times you have to like install drivers for things, you know, once you get it right, right. vaguely like Linux or something, but like, um, but not as, not as bad, not as like hard. Um, uh, Ryan's doing video editing on a windows machine now. Really? Yeah. He built his own computer. That's um, cool. Specifically for editing. Cause I think he realized he was using, um, so many peripherals with his Mac and stuff that he wasn't like, touching the machine at all oh yeah well that makes sense and then he was spending all of his time in his editing suite anyway so like the operating system didn't matter as long as the program would open on it right exactly so last time i saw him in person he had his macbook air next to him oh. and then he was doing editing work on the actual the pc gotcha that makes sense so that would be a way to go if like all your software runs on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there is still something very appealing about like, you know, I do like being able to set up wherever I want. Right. You know, um, Hey, did we decide which projects I'm going to work on? <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so hand lettering, you don't have to buy anything, right? No. Okay, so I think hand lettering gets pushed to the front just for that. Um, and then... I feel like it's healthy to have like one fun one and one that like will be somewhat professionally interesting. Right. So I I suppose like like thinking maybe like pickling and beat making are both fun and hand lettering yeah. and portfolio design are both work if in a sense. Yeah, I think that's true. I think hand lettering's kind of teetering on the edge of the two mm -hmm. portfolio i am looking for an excuse not to do it <laughs> okay uh i don't even know if i'm looking for work right now so <laughs> um like i know i should be yeah so what i'm doing hand lettering and either beat making or pickling yeah but i think i think uh yeah yeah i think that's it 